Hi, my name is Mary Beth Barone. And the last thing I prayed for was an apartment in New York City. And I got it. So praying works. Just kidding. It's fake. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to Pray For Us, a podcast about religion. We're your hosts, JC, and this is Jess. Say hi. Hi. Great. We're two former co-workers and current millennial Jews based in Los Angeles. Today we're interviewing comedian, actress, and writer Mary Beth Barone. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, religion is such a hot topic these days. Really forever, actually. So yeah. For ages, centuries. <laughs> Some would say. MB. Do people call you MBB? Like, is that? Yeah, people call me MB or MBB. So I will respond to both. How do you feel about sharing those initials with the Demon Seed herself? Millie Bobby Bobby Brown. Brown. You know what? I think she's never done anything to me personally. I found out that we both wore similar dresses like two weeks ago from Annie's Ibiza. And I was like, okay, this feels personal after years of kind of coexisting peacefully. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to one day meet her and we can confront the fact that we have the same initials and, and just, I guess, finally determine like which one of us gets to keep them, you know? Hopefully Hmm. you. I have like a thing against her and I always have and I always Why? I think important to she's like, a minor. She, how old is she's she? not anymore. She just turned 18 last oh, okay, week. First okay. That's why Fair she wore a fancy dress. Um but wait, I what's the, the beef? Dress. What's the beef? Yeah. The beef is I just like think I'm jealous when it comes down to it, but I just I don't like her attitude. <laughs> it's hard to see someone succeeding at such a young age I guess that's that's definitely difficult but I feel like I don't know I think this is something that people have come for Katy Perry about as well just that like maybe she's corny and people see it as fake like her personality she's like very camp and I Hmm. think she doesn't really care what people think so I feel like maybe Millie Bobby Brown sort of exists in that same space of just like I could see some people finding her annoying but to me I'm like she's probably just like a teenager you know not to be an apologist. Yeah, but. she might cry out of it. No, I, I, you're not wrong. Um, and then you have that same dog that she has too, and I have that same dog too, right? What or, dog? <laughs> the little poodle. Ever Millie so, Bobby Brown has a little poodle. Wait, that's <laughs> or it's like your friend's my dog. friend's dog. Well, so I'm like technically a co-parent because I'm in a domestic partnership with my friend, but that's beautiful. Her name, the dog's name, is Millie, and we call her Millie Bobby Brick Brown. So it, it gets really deep. I guess I never thought about it that Millie Bobby Brown and I actually have a lot to talk about. Does yeah. that have to do with the Bobby Brown brick, like the layers of makeup? Or is that something different? We, like I, need to edit that out? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the like lineage of the of brick as a nickname, but sometimes we just call her brick. The dog. That's so it's funny. A cute name. It's cute. There is a makeup product. It's like a compact. It's been around for years. And it's like basically like, all of these eyeshadows like in lines, but they're in the same compact. Yep. Bobby Brown makes it. Sorry, Bobby Brown itself has so so many layers. Cause then there's like Bobby Brown the singer, mm-hmm. Bobby Brown the makeup artist, right. Millie yeah. Bobby Brown. It's like that could be a whole podcast. Exactly. It's a great name. Strong anyway. Name. Anyway. Speaking of double names, I want to ask you about your name, Mary Beth. You have two first names. Mm-hmm. It's a very Christian name. I mean Mary, obviously, from the Bible. Totally. So 
Can you tell me who are you named after? How do you feel about your name? It's a beautiful name. By Thank the way. you. So what's crazy is my real name is Mary Elizabeth Barone. Mary Beth is actually a nickname mm-hmm. for Mary Elizabeth. And so basically I'm the sixth of six. Um, so my parents, wow. not that they ran out of names, but like they named a lot of my siblings after family members. And then I'm named after my mom's best friend, who's also a Mary Elizabeth, Cute. who goes by Mary Beth. That's and my sweet. mom's name is Mary Agnes. So I guess in some ways I'm sort of named after her, but like it really comes from my mom's best friend from nursing school, Mary Beth. That's Do your siblings sweet. have traditional biblical names as well? We have very gen- Gentile names. It's James, mm-hmm. Victoria, Pamela, Gregory, Thomas, and then Mary Elizabeth. So it's it's all in the same in the same world sphere, the same cinematic universe. Sure. Yeah, I feel like the person who really made like double names cool. I'm calling it a double name. I don't think that's what it is. No, it, but... I think it is called a double name. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was Mary Kate Olson? So funny. You should mention. Do you have any connection to her emotionally, spiritually? Oh my physically? god! Well, I could just turn my computer. You'll see my boyfriend, but you'll see Mary Kate now. She's headshots are framed over by my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I just got them framed. I got them when I joined the Mary Kate Nashi fan club when I was just a young child. And I had, them, I had my box that was labeled my Mary Kate Nashi stuff. This was like a sanctioned box from Dual Star. It came, I still have the box, but it had a bunch of stuff in it. Now I keep like important paperwork in there. Um, so I had to figure out what to do with my like Mary Kate Nashi paraphernalia. And so I decided to frame those ones. I have some other things scattered about, but I have a very deep connection with Mary Kate Nashi. I performed the movie It Takes Two as a one woman show right before the summer before the pandemic in June 2019. And I've been waiting to reprise it, but I think it's going to take a while. So It Takes Two, was that Names Amanda put her there? Oh, Is that It Takes of Two? Of course. Okay. So that's Kirstie Alley, it's Nick Calloway, whatever. Gutenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. Classic. That is an epic movie. One of their best. I would have to say one of their best. Definitely my favorite, but they have a lot of, I mean, they have a very large body of work. So I've been slowly introducing my boyfriend to their movies. We watched Passport to Paris. Billboard Dad is Mm, next on the agenda, but there's also the other night I ate a weed gummy at my friend's place. And I was like, can we just watch some clips from the Mary-Kate Nashi mall mystery PlayStation game? And there's about, <laughs> there's an hour long YouTube video where someone plays the whole game. They beat the game. Gameplay. And <laughs> it's, it's worth a watch. It's very soothing. And I can't recommend it highly enough. I will do that. I loved Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Same. They like to be referred to as Ashley Olsen and Mary-Kate Olsen now. But when they were younger, it was the Olsen twins. Of course. But they're individual people. But they are business partners and twins, as everyone knows. Thank you for letting everyone know. Well, in case um, they don't the one know. Thing that people might not know. Yeah, that seems highly <laughs> unlikely. If anyone's listening to this podcast, they know Mary-Kate and Ashley. Excuse me, Ashley and Mary-Kate. I remember, like, single lines from every movie. And it's funny you bring up Passport to Paris, because I always think about that line in Passport to Paris when one of them is like, Oh, that's why they call it a hamburger because you eat it with your hands. And I'm like, it's not even called a hamburger. It's not. And that bothers me to this day. They have a really funny line in one of their movies that I can't remember which one it is, but they they deconstruct the phrase, have your cake and eat it too. Like, (laughs) they're like, no, it's eat your cake and have it too. That you can't have. 
And it's just like, <laughs> it's sort of it's like who wrote these films I know, <laughs> I know but I'm also like they're they're such like earworms those like little lines that I'll just never forget like I'll be on my deathbed just mm-hmm. spouting these things out what a lot of people don't know <laughs> is that they're actually fraternal they're not identical yes are they really That's I, true. maybe I did know that a lot of people day. actually I'm gonna just keep listing facts about them it, it's not, I don't think anyone really cares, but I do. they're fascinating. We'd love to have them on the show individually, obviously. But yeah, I think so many women in our generation are obsessed with them and men and anyone in between. Okay. This podcast is about religion. So we should probably ask you about it. What is your relationship with religion like today? My relationship with religion has changed pretty vastly over like the last 10 years, I would say, because I was very Catholic growing up. We were, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade. I got confirmed. Like I was very much in it. I taught at a Bible camp one summer because I needed like community service hours to get confirmed. It was just, it wasn't a sleepaway camp. It like wasn't that intense. It was kind of just like a camp for like people with kids in the neighborhood and it was like a day camp. Um, but I would say like, I was pretty religious growing up. Like I would pray and I fully like believed, I believed the hype about Jesus and God and the Holy spirit. And then I went to Boston college for two years and I took requirement for freshmen is that you have to take a theology and philosophy class. So I took a class called perspectives. And I think When I started learning about philosophy, that was when I really started to question religion because it just makes a little bit more sense, philosophy, um, than religion. So I would say at this point, I'm, I'm in a place where like, do I believe there's a higher power? Sometimes I do, but I'm not like, I don't worship. I don't go to church. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm. I like to say I'm a reformed Catholic, which we're called atheists. um, And there's a very large (laughs) and supportive community. When you started to have that kind of like breach in Christianity in college, did you like tell your family that you were going through this? Did they care? Like what was the consensus in your household about that? I think I'm lucky in being the youngest that we sort of all, I think, started to have questions around the same time. Maybe some of my older siblings had stopped going to church, like before I took the plunge and would just like not get up and go. Um, but yeah, it's it's been like a gradual shift in my family, I would say, that like we all had our relationship with religion and we've just it's it the distance has grown between between us and and the faith, so to speak. But yeah, no one in my family that I'm aware of is practicing of any religion at the moment. That's kind of rare, I think. I feel like so many people who we've had on the show have said like they moved away from religion or toward religion, but their family sort of stayed where they were. So it's cool that everyone kind of evolved together, especially because there's so many of you and What's the, how old, what's the age difference between everyone? My oldest brother is 42 and I'm 30. So, and I'll be 31 this year. So it's about 11 and a half years between me and and the oldest. And I think also things change. Like when people start having kids, you have to sort of make that decision. Are you going to baptize them? Are you going to raise them religiously or try to sort of, I think there's been a big shift in parenting, at least among the parents that I know to try to like not have your children grow up guilt-ridden. And I think religion is a really big part of that, unfortunately. So I do think with the more like um, 
progressive parenting. And maybe that's like bad to say, maybe there's a little bit less room for religion just because you don't want to like impose beliefs on anyone. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily regret how I, you know, my relationship with religion as a young person, but it definitely was something I had to like, uh, work my way out of. Cause you can't just sort of shed all that stuff overnight. Totally. I was going to say, do you ever like revert back to kind of how you were when you were a kid, like feeling guilt ridden about things? Or do you ever have that like mindset still of, you know, yeah, just like being, <laughs> feeling guilty about whatever. Sometimes I do. I think I now have sort of come to a place where I don't really feel that guilty unless I've like really hurt someone inadvertently. Like I've said something that was mean or hurtful and you can't really undo those things once you've said something like that. I think for me, as when it comes to like making people feel guilty or feeling guilty myself, I don't like to make people feel worse about things that they do. So if someone upsets me, I never feel like there's anything to be gained by like making them feel worse about it. Cause I know they probably already feel bad. So I try to like hold other people to that as well, where I'm like, if I've said something that upset you, like, trust me, whatever I'm putting myself through is worse than what you're going to do. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, I think guilt is such a strange thing because it is sort of like imposed by all of us on each other. Um, and so I really try to go out of my way to not make people feel bad about things. Cause like, once they know they've done something wrong, there's really not that much to be gained by like ganging up or making them feel even worse. Like I had a moment at a show a few weeks ago where I said something to someone in the front row and she got offended. And like, I felt really, really bad. Like I felt genuinely. Oh shit. So bad. But, like candidly speaking, was it something that, you know, you think that she was maybe overreacting to, or was it? Like, I do you know, because the host had made a comment about the same thing that I, I was talking about and she didn't seem to mind, but then I sort of felt like maybe she was putting it on because she thought she was part of the show. It was like a smaller show. So I think all the audience, like we were having to interact because there weren't as many people there. And I think mm -hmm. maybe she did it as like to be funny. Cause a lot of times I think people in the audience that shows when you make them feel like part of the show, they want to like play that up. Cause it's like their, you know, time to shine. Yeah. But that's so mm -hmm. fucking annoying. Like I, I mean, we go to a lot of shows and I just, I'm just going to say you were probably in the right. You know what? what if is, I made but... someone feel bad, I, I apologize to her. And I, I even said, I was like, do you want to insult me before I go before my set's over and we can <laughs> call it even. And she was like, no, I'm not allowed to talk to you. Cause the security guard came over and told her to stop talking. But anyway, that was like, oh, wow. that was the thing in most recent memory where I was like, oh, I like genuinely felt like shit about that. I think that's also very human. Like that goes beyond just religion obviously like religion, like the through line is you feel guilty. And that's usually like what holds you like accountable or that's what keeps you coming back for more. But also like, it's just such like an innate human emotion, unless you're like a narcissist or something. Right. You don't feel like anything's your responsibility. I do want to walk it back to Bible camp. Was this a one summer occurrence or a multiple summer? No, it was just one summer. It was like at my church and these little kids came and we were just like, we would do arts and crafts with them, but they were all just like oh, religious focused. And I don't, I guess we did like mass. I don't know. It was, it was pretty chill as far as Bible camps go. Um, and it wasn't, okay. it wasn't sleep away. So there was no funny business. It was just kind of like, 
Okay. We all showed up. No, like talking in tongues. No, no, like, no it, it wasn't. Okay, it was okay. It was very like tame. I would Good. say. And you're from Connecticut, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Yep. Check me out, stalker. Yeah, Connecticut. That's a pretty normal vibe. I'm from Westchester, okay. so I feel like yeah, we didn't have any like over the top Jews or Christians or anything. Like everyone was pretty reformed in any capacity where I where I was from. I assume it was kind of similar over there. Yeah, I think you know there were definitely some more people on the stricter side. But when I went to school, when I went to high school, which was public, I met all of my now friends who are Jewish. And they were all very much of like the, you know, we celebrate the holidays, but not necessarily going to temple like every week. Yeah. Not kosher and things like that. <clears throat> was what was the jump like from private school to public school? Did you like it? It was total culture shock. I mean, I am so thankful that I did that because I don't really know why I made that decision. Like one of my sisters went to an all girls Catholic school and one of them went to public school. And I just felt like I was so sick of wearing a uniform and I just wanted to like see what the vibe was at public school. And I really credit that for a lot of my personality now and how I've like grown and changed as a person because my Catholic school was extremely sheltered. There was like 40 kids in every grade. Uh, We had one, one black person in my whole entire school. And then from there, I went to public school, which was way more diverse. I was in classes with, you know, like it was like a melting pot. And it really reflected like the demographics of Stanford, which is where I'm from, which is like a very diverse city. It's not private school in Greenwich was just like not reflective of society um, at all. So I felt like it was really important for me to go and even to meet like Jewish people because I hadn't, I didn't know any Jewish people up until then. So it was like, I am really happy that I did go to public school because I think if I had stayed and gone to an all girls school, I would be completely like insufferable. Like I just wouldn't, (laughs) I just would have no concept of like reality. And I think as I moved to New York and then started doing comedy, it was like, you really hear more, more people's experiences. And that's very important when you're like developing things like empathy and learning about, you know, what other people's upbringings were like. It's like, you need those experiences. And I was not getting that going to Catholic school. You used to be a registered Republican. What was the driving force behind that? And when did you change your mind about that? I was Republican. I mean, basically after... Obama's second term, I kind of was like, or no, after Obama's first term, I was like, you know what? I don't care about politics, which is obviously like a very privileged position to be in where I'm like, I'm just not going to pay attention. I don't really feel like drawn to either side because I don't think that elected officials really care about constituents, which I still think is true to this day. But now I understand how important it is to like engage politically. But I was Republican because my parents were Republican and I, I was around that, you know, those like views. And that was sort of just like what happens when you're raised by people with those views. Um, now, again, my parents have really moved away from that, which we're very lucky. And I, I do think part of that is due to the fact that there are six children and spouses who are all very liberal and we have those conversations and they're not just hearing one side anymore. Not that they were like, you know, had Fox news on all day because they weren't those type of Republicans, but they didn't vote for Trump. And I think that when he ran for office, that was sort of like this huge moment for everyone to decide, like, are you gonna 
be on that side or are you going to be on the right side of history? And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy growing up, like being in high school and thinking like gay people shouldn't get married and, you know, feeling like Mm -hmm. really strong views on immigration, like taxes, things that didn't even fucking affect me at all. (laughs) And I was like, so like, you know, steadfast in my views. So I think again, going to college really was when that spark was lit a little bit. And then definitely the more I did comedy and also entered the workforce, because I dropped out of school, moved to New York, worked at a startup, and then four years later started comedy. But it was sort of like, the more you just have conversations with people who were not raised to like regurgitate sound bites, which that's not to say my parents didn't have their own opinions on things, but I think it's like the Republican party can be extremely convincing. And I definitely feel like that was, if you let yourself believe those things, like it's pretty easy to, to think that way. Yeah. They're great at marketing. Amazing at marketing. Um, Some might call it propaganda. (laughs) One Um, could say. What was, one could say, what was the catalyst for um, the dropout and the working at the startup and then in turn starting comedy? Like what was that whole path? Basically going to BC, I felt like I was back at Greenwich Catholic school. Like I, it was such like a homogeneous campus. People like, it just felt so vanilla to me. Like not even that, like I was this like edgy, you know, needed, like I wasn't like a thrill seeker, but I think it just felt like I was going to sort of move backwards if I stayed somewhere like that socially. And I just, I don't know. I, I just wanted something different. And I was, I was there studying to be an English teacher. I realized pretty quickly, I didn't want to pursue that as a career. Um, So I just said, you know what, I'm going to transfer. I'll transfer to Parsons or something. And I got into Parsons to transfer. And then I got a job at this eyewear company that was like, you know, really small and it was a startup and everyone's really excited about it. So I just ended up staying there for, for four years. And then starting comedy was sort of a similar, like not impulsive decision, but it sort of was like when I look back on, dropping out of college. I'm like, Oh, that's, I can't believe I did that. But I think I really just felt like there was more to life than, um, attending a Jesuit university in Newton, Massachusetts. And I just said, you know what? I I don't need to wait four years here to figure that out. I fucking love that. I feel like more people should drop out of college. I agree. And again, it's a very privileged position because I was like, you know, I, I figured I would get a job. Like I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist. So that was a little detour I took for a few months, but I think, you know, I was always confident that something would work out. And then obviously in comedy, you don't need a college degree. Uh, so it did work out in the end, but definitely pretty risky to, to do those things at the time. For sure. Definitely I risky. I mean, I same here, but I mean, looking back on my entire college experience and my mom hates when I say this, but like, I did not need the degree that I got to be doing the job that I'm doing today. I don't think anyone in entertainment needs a college degree no unless you're in like business affairs or something yeah if you're crunching the numbers like learning a trade or something sure but I think there's just like so many other avenues that you can go down in life like it doesn't have to just be like go to college graduate college get a job at like a corporation or a big company go to grad school like I think life can take many paths are all of your siblings college graduates Yeah, they all, they all went to school, finished. My oldest sister took a year off and then finished in, so she technically did three years of college, but she did end up finishing. And so, yeah, I think 
it was kind of a, a leap of faith and my parents weren't necessarily on board right away, but they're also by their sixth child. They're kind of like, we just want our kids to be happy. So if that means moving to New York and getting a job and figuring things out that way, they eventually definitely were very supportive. You've sort of carved out a niche for yourself within Combi as like this relationship guru. I don't know if you would agree with that, but do you think that people are more attracted to people of the same religion as them and the same background, or are you seeing that changing more? How would you, um, what do you think? I would be curious, like the stats on that. I think, I mean, I don't know that many people who are religious in our age group period. So I remember when I would be on, you know, I had a few stints on Hinge and when I would see someone who had their religion listed, if it wasn't Jewish, because I feel like, you know, Jewish people, that's a big part of their identity. And it didn't seem abnormal, like for people our age to be identifying as Jewish. But I don't know. I think nowadays, like there's a lot more understanding between religions. And so I, I guess maybe it's just not as big of a deal as it once was, but I'm speaking as someone who isn't religious and I, you know, I'm sure there's tons of strictly religious families that would say different. And maybe some people our age really feel that pressure, but it's not something that's present in my life or any of my friends' lives at the moment. It's interesting that you say that Jewish people, it's like more inherently part of their identity than like Catholics or Christians. And I do agree with that, but I always wonder, like, you know, I'm not on the apps anymore. I'm in a relationship. But when I was, I did have Jewish on my profile, but I didn't have like just looking for Jewish. But then when I would see like Catholic, I'd be like, what's up with that? But then I never flip the camera to myself because like, I'm sure other folks swiping through me is like, oh, Jewish. That's like, why is she identifying that way? Um, what I'm trying to say is why do Jess and I as Jews, like, why do we get passes for being like culturally Jewish when like quote unquote culturally Catholic, like doesn't have the same weight. I feel like I'm not making sense, but I think, you no, know I, I definitely, I definitely understand what you mean. It's just, I think it's a larger conversation that's been coming up more like of like Judaism as like a religion versus like, uh, like ethnic background. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's something that I, I don't, I, I can't, you guys could definitely speak to it better than I can, but I think it's just like, I don't know, meeting, meeting someone my age that I de- that like presents and says like, I'm Jewish would not be a red flag to me. And whereas <laughs> right. like, if someone's like, I'm Catholic and I'm like, I go to church every Sunday on my own accord, I would be kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Especially because Catholicism now, I mean, not very good PR recently. They are, Mm-mm. I think a lot of people struggle with who the Catholic church has chosen to protect over the years. And that's definitely something that I look back on. And it's very shameful to think like how many abusers there have been in the Catholic church. And I'm, I don't know that that's specific to Catholicism, but it's definitely been, it's come out a lot more Publicized recently. More, yeah. So that to me, I'm like, it's not that I think anyone who's Catholic is defending people that abuse children, but I definitely would have to question, like, what is it about the faith that's keeping you there? What is your view on God today? I know you said you think there's a higher power, but like, has that evolved over time? And what do you think God like looks like or does or identifies as? 
Well, I'm hoping at some point in our lifetime, there will be like a scientific answer to this, but I, I'm just <laughs> waiting for that. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't think of God as like a, a being or a person, but obviously it's like, you know, why did the big bang theory happen? There's like forces of like, mm. I don't know. It's weird that like humans exist, right? Like how did that all happen? I don't think we were created by someone in seven days, but I feel like there must be a scientific explanation for why we're here. And maybe that's sort of what I look to as like a God type figure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? I believe that not necessarily because I'm like, I do have to question that phrase a lot because I'm like, there's a lot of really bad shit that happens. Um, Maybe I believe, again, to be scientific that like anything that can happen will happen. You know what I mean? Like that. Obviously, I'm basically Interstellar is is my religion. The movie Interstellar by Christopher (laughs) Nolan. Basically, Christopher Nolan is is God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I'll live by that. Except guys, I think the new Batman is better than... The Christopher Nolan Batman. Look, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to it. see it before I decide. Okay, cool guys, let me know. I have to check it out. I like really don't like superhero movies, but I, mean, I love I that Batman them. is so dark. I feel like it's like an almost an art house film with like a massive budget. Exactly. I mean, I would watch anything that Robert Pattinson is in. So like, that's just my toxic trait. It's okay. But it's interesting, like talking about Robert Pattinson and like Christopher Nolan, like people who we think like. We do give like certain celebrities, like we treat them like God. So it's like, it makes sense that since like the dawn of time and humanity, we've been talking about like a God-like figure. You know what I mean? But there probably is a scientific explanation or some person who like, obviously like, I don't want to get into whether or not Jesus is God, but like people have like (laughs) deemed themselves gods. So I think it's just like gotten kind of out of out of hand. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's like just people want ex- people want explanations for things. And I think that's why that's where religion came from. And also just like putting rules in place, like as a society. Um, so I, I do think one thing that bothers me about a lot of organized religions are just the fact that they really impose their beliefs on other people. Like I also think Catholicism specifically as someone who came from the Catholic faith, it's very hard because I do think there are Catholics who really take all the good parts of like, you know, the, the moral code and like helping others and like being selfless and, and things like that. But I I don't think a lot of people actually live those in their day-to-day life. When I think about like all these, you know, Christian or religious lawmakers who want to like restrict a woman's right to choose. It's kind of like, but then they don't help people who, you know, need social services or like things, financial help. It's like the whole thing makes no sense. It's such like, it's always contradicting itself. So I think that's a problem too, that I have with it is like, if people want it's separation of church and state, but like, we just see none of that anymore. And that, that bothers me. Oh yeah. It like fully does not exist. I don't understand how, there's just zero percent separation when all we do is preach separation between church and state. Yeah, it's it's Fucking kind of stupid. just like a crock of shit. So I don't know. I think hopefully we I, I just wish that like all the things that Catholicism and Christianity teach, I wish people um wouldn't focus so much on like the bad stuff, like hating gay people, you know? Like Yeah. It's not it's the also main like, message of the Bible. Totally. And I think 
part of the problem with the Bible is that it's all highly interpretable. So like you can kind of use the text to mean whatever you want it to mean. So yeah, I feel like we spoke to, Jess, we spoke to, a, who did we speak to? Was it, um, fuck, I can't remember her name, whatever. We'll put it in later. But who said that the Bible doesn't even say that like gay people can't exist. Like it's, yeah, it was I like think one. we've talked to a couple of people who have said that. Yeah, Pastor Lisa. It was Pastor Lisa. She was like, yeah, the Bible yeah, like fully doesn't say that. Like it was one interpretation one time that got like misconstrued through the years and years. And I'm like, that's just crazy. It is. And the fact that that has any bearing on our law making in our country is so fucking stupid. So, yeah, I think that there's, like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of great, very nice salt of the earth Christians out there, but it's the bad ones that get a lot of the attention for sure. And I think they like it that way. Bringing it back to comedy, um, can you <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about um, like any of your shows, Drag Is Ass, Cruel Intentions, anything you want to promote, anything coming up? Like, j- give us the tea. What's, yeah. what's going on? Well, I'm working on my hour right now, which has been a lot of fun, and also yeah. bringing Drag Is Ass back um, for a cameo here and there. So I will be touring oh, this yay. year. I'm going to Texas, upstate New York, Miami, LA. I have some New York shows. So I'm, I'm trying to, trying to get this hour in a good spot. And the hour is kind of about sort of my journey. Like I always knew I wanted to be like famous as a kid, but I, I, I thought it'd be like an actor, a singer, a model or something. So it's kind of like revisiting <laughs> my, um, my childhood self and also weaving in stand up. So it's fun. It, and I hope it will be, you know, nostalgic in a fun way for a lot of people that were also kids in the nineties. Um, and then I'll be in London in June doing drag as ass. And then I'm also doing drag as ass in LA in May. So I'm really excited for, for the shows and to see people in different cities. And, you know, hopefully I won't alienate all the, all my Catholic audience on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe you'll bring them in. Hopefully. Something I must address while we're here. Epic. Halloween costume this year, yeah. you as Travis. Um, I will say Travis you guys, Parker, for anyone who doesn't know. Travis Parker, you guys had the best Courtney and Travis, although my boyfriend and I were also Courtney <laughs> it was and Travis so and also got reposted <gasps> by Courtney. Oh my god. So I felt I felt very fucking cool, but you guys like blew us out of the water, obviously. Um, how did that how did that feel to get reposted by the king and queen? It was it was <laughs> truly uh, incredible. I mean, I was very skeptical of the costume because I knew that I had to be Travis and I did not want to look like Megamind with a bald cap. So I had to put all my faith in Benito just that he would get the best people to come in and do it. And um, a lovely person named Allie, she's I think on Instagram at Allie Does, Allie Does Makeup. Um, she came in and just like, absolutely killed it. She did the tattoos, the bald cap, oh, all right. that. And it was, it was really something. It was so fun to be bald too. Cause I didn't have to worry about my hair all night, but, um, yeah, I think I probably just won't dress up for Halloween ever again. Cause there's no point. There's no topping that. Unfortunately, Mm-mm. I don't know with a professional makeup team and like costume designers, you can do a lot. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what 20 well, Halloween 2022 brings. You're like the next Heidi Klum. Every year she has a more 
insane Halloween costume. I almost said the next Matt Lauer, but let's, let's not. We, we won't go <laughs> there. Um, no, I know, but I feel like she has backed herself into a corner. It's like, how do you keep like raising the bar? Exactly. She's just got to throw in the towel, be a cat or a ghost or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just and start from, start from up. zero again. Thank you so much for being on the show, Mary Beth. This was actually, I mean, it was funny, but also very insightful. Thank you. I mean, I, I have no idea if anything I've said is going to resonate with anyone, but that's just sort of, how, sort of how I go about things. So hopefully people enjoyed listening. They will. And it will. And this was wonderful. Thanks for listening to the show. New episodes drop every Friday. Please follow Pray For Us on Apple Podcasts or listen for free on Spotify and leave us a review and rating. It really does make a huge difference for us. Also, check out our Instagram at Pray For Us Pod. Shabbat Shalom. This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher. Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh. <laughs>